This is The Playbook. The best speakers, the best coaches are all lesson driven. And so okay. the way frequency works is there's three components to it. Come on, come on in here. Hi. Hi, I'm Brian. Hi, nice Brian. I'm David. So there's three, there's three things. One, the strength of your signal. So you're saying, you know, you're kind of unfiltered or whatever. Well, that's your signal, right? And, and that signal, it, you want to build it like a muscle. You, your strength of your signal might just be one person. And why this is important is because people are so short-sighted. They don't understand how exponential growth or acceleration works with the strength of your signal. I always tell people, all I need to do, because I'm older and I understand time, all I need to do is convince you two today, literally every year, to convince one other person to, to be an advocate for me, to impact others. Like if my mission is to help people be happy. Mm-hmm. So if today all I did was get you two to you know, be convinced of here's how I'm happy with gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, inspiration, whatever, right. and guide you on a way and say, look, all I want you to do is every year get me one more person to follow me. One more person, you know, not just to follow me, but to be a, a, a real advocate for me, right? A, a disciple, you could almost say, like a real follower. Why that's significant is that if I do that every year, the numbers get extraordinary. Now, I could build your, both of your brands in the, in the same way, and five years from now, you would have 64 people. And you would say, I got 64 disciples. And, Five years seems like a long time to you. For you and I, we get it. Mm-hmm. And in 10 years, there'd be 2,000 people. Now, if someone's paying me 10 grand a month to build their brand, and they've paid $100,000, and they have 2,000 disciples, they may or may not be happy with that. But in five years, they definitely won't be happy. 50,000 for 64. Right. But here's where it gets crazy, right? It's at 15 years, you have 64,000 people, right? Yeah. But where it gets really great is 20 years from now. So, you know, 20 years from now, when I'm 15 years younger than Bob Proctor, I have 2 million disciples. Wow. My family never has to work again when you have 2 million. That's not followers. That's disciples out. That's disciples. And that's just from every single year getting two people. Wow. But the thing is, time gets in people's way with the strength of their signal because they want everybody to know who they are. Right, they, they want everyone to know who you are. And the fun thing about building a brand is that, you know, it goes faster than that. I know it's going faster than that for me. When you really get focused on, what I really want to do is not worry about my followers. I, I want to touch people, like what Mike does when he stands on stage, or you do, but with my frequency. And that's the strength of my signal. And then you have the spectrum. So what if I learn that, but now my spectrum, I can reach you know, your culture, your age, your height, your weight, your everything, and you too. And both of you, I resonate with. And yet, you're so different. So when you get a wider spectrum of people, then you have even more statistical success. And then the the last one is the clarity of your message, which is why I really do these meetups, is people, a lot of people watch things, and it's clear to me what I'm trying to say, or you'll stand on stage and it was clear to you what you were saying. Right, right. But right. like people, when they come up to you or they're asking you questions and you're like, well, I guess it wasn't that clear. Yeah. You know, like even what happens too is you advance. And so some things for me, I have to have people that are beginners around me because 
they're still coming up to me going, I'm going to say thank you, and I'm on coalescing the vapors of human existence to create a viable and logical conclusion, this continuum of conscious, subconscious, and unconscious thought. Meanwhile, the audience is like, I got to say thank you when I wake up. Right. So you have to be clear. Um, so it's all lesson driven. And this, I think the secret to lessons is to, to reposit them all. So life is about lessons, and we're going to forget every lesson that we've ever learned every day. Like even everybody knows, I forget gratitude. That's my number one lesson, right? We forget it or kindness or, you know, forgiveness. I mean, how many times do I get pissed off in a day and I know truth, consciousness and ego being? Yeah, I know. So, but I think, you know, one of the blessings to help people is you should reposit your lessons and review them and then attach stories to them. To be, I mean, to be a speaker right, and a coach. Right, right, right. Because you're not, that what I love about stories, and you're a great storyteller, by the yeah, way, thank you. and you do lessons, but um, the great thing about stories is they're different every time you tell them. Right? Even if they're true, they're still different when you tell them. I can tell you the story about my mom raising me, and it comes out different every yeah. single, I might cry every time, but it's gonna come out different, but I also don't have to memorize the story. I don't, Right, and it's in my mind, and in those stories, so, you know, I coach people to reposit lessons, to learn the lessons themselves, to know that they're going to forget it, but also know they can remember it, and then attach a story to them that's emotionally attached for themselves. And the stories don't all have to be true, right, it could be about someone else, just credit the other people, you know, I don't like people, you know, on the internet that don't credit other people for their stories. What, what's so hard about it? People still respect you. I mean, I see people posting, you know, Buddha and Gandhi and, you know, Michelangelo, their right, quotes, their and, lessons, they, right. and, and they're like getting thousands of views. You know, I post Wayne Dyer stuff. You know, most of the stuff I have comes from other people. You know, it's just a transformation of that. So I think the good thing is coaching wise too, it makes you a much better coach. Because right. you can pitch out the lesson. The other thing about coaching that I've learned, my most powerful lesson, is I'm coaching myself. So when I really, because I have a lot of coaching clients and I'm always amazed, I'm sitting there like outside myself coaching you, going, hey, that's good advice. But you're learning, right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. I have right, to really right. do that myself. Right, right. Boy, I, Myers. Hey, thank you for coming. Thanks for coming. Very cool. Um, so that's always like my, my basic yeah, cool. advice and it's so easy and it makes it so much more fun. But I think everyone in the world, whether you're a speaker or a coach should be looking at the lessons and if you look at the basic from Sanskrit to the Old Testament, New Testament to Kabbalah, the Course in Miracles, they're all the same basics, right? You have a body, you're here to learn lessons, the lessons are going to keep coming to you, learn them, right? Forgiveness, like all these basic things. But the problem is we're so far out here worrying about our four kids going to college or right, right. their little incy-bincy car accident problem or whatever might arise during the day. We forget the basics of what makes us happy. So we end up being happy 15 days a year instead of every day, not all day, right? Not, I wasn't happy when I found out after I worked out this morning, came out of a red eye that the you know, hot water was out at the Marriott. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Then I went to Tony Robbins mode and be like, all right, at least those will help me in Go some way. Your day and say, I took I'm like screaming today. in the shower. Yeah, I'm getting on my podcast. I'm manifesting that. That's yeah. twice now. Twice yeah, this guy's incredible. incredible. Wim Hof. Wim Hof is 
Have you heard of him? Yeah. It's crazy. Disease doesn't exist in that guy. I'm thinking about going all cold now. You don't get the cold when you go to the cold. That's it. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. I don't know. After this morning, I made it. Oh yeah, Rogan. Yeah. His Rogan one's crazy. That's cool. Well, what other questions uh, do you have? So, I am a student, uh, first-year graduate from Temple University. Great so, school. Uh huh. Thank you. Uh, and uh, I, as a, you know, uh, I want to get into the uh, sports field, but unfortunately, uh, my bachelor was English, and I learned it. In China. Mine too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I learned it in America. Uh, you probably know it better than I do. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so I have little experiences in. Uh, sports field right currently I'm looking for some internship or the uh, some kind of jobs related to uh, sports in Temple uh -huh. so uh, what's your advice with, uh, for me like? yeah so you know first of all understand the sports industry uh -huh. is completely ubiquitous right people try to narrow the sports field as you called it right and they think okay I need to work for the Sixers or I need to work it's really, when you're at Temple, skill-based. So English is a really important topic for sports, yeah. right? There's all types of journalism, content, editing, there's sales, all these different things that being an English major will help you with. So don't diminish your capacity to work in sports just because you're a science major, English major, engineer. There's more and more jobs. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. The key that I think for young people is to be more interested than interesting, to spend a minimum of 10 minutes a day just looking at what sports jobs exist that you don't think about that are out there. You, you know, whether it's in you know, PR, marketing, engineering, like apps. You know, I tell this story about, one of my, I was at Notre Dame MBA, I spoke there, and it was the fall, and I asked how many, they were graduating in the spring, how many of they, them had jobs? Hardly any, three kids had jobs. And the one kid, I said, well, were you working? He said, Scott's Lawn Care. And everyone laughed. And he, because they're like, is that a sports job? And meanwhile, it's an extraordinary sports job, right? Because he manages millions of dollars of budget. He gets to go, everyone at ESP, you know, where he pays for advertising, everyone loves him because he's buying advertising. They're hosting him at the Super Bowl, the Pro Bowl, the Masters. Right? He's not working those events, he's partying at those events and getting paid six figures to do so. So number one step is to be more interested than interesting. Really look on the internet what jobs, look for uh, sports and entertainment business units within other companies. Look and see in the VC world what's going on with accelerators and sports you know, business. You can look within, go walk, when you're walking around the stadium, don't just look at who's working, you know, the front office. What I do is I look around and see what businesses are operating within the context of a stadium. Like I'm looking at who's advertising in the stadium. I'm looking at what dirt they're using. I'm looking at what cups they're using. I'm looking at who the concession company is. What apps are they using? What, you know, sports engager, you know, the, the like who's the company? I'm so more interested than interesting. When I see that, uh, the first time I saw it when they were you, you text your picture and they post you on the scoreboard. I did due diligence to figure out who does that, right? Because these are the jobs that kids like you would want. And thirdly, 
networking asks for help, right? So I'm more than happy to make introductions here I, in I Philly. I just saw your uh, post last night, and so I decided to come. I walked like 30 minutes to come here. Yeah. I, uh, I know one of your employees, uh, Meng Yang. Meng Yang. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know him. Uh, At least it wasn't Ray. Yeah. You don't know Ray Wang, the famous Ray Wang, uh, badminton player? No. Okay, good. Meng Yang's yeah, getting I, there. I asked him a um, few questions. Yeah. yeah. And, and he also gave me uh, some uh, advices. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we've had a few good Michigan. And I hope one day I can have an intern or the yeah. a, a job at Sports Mobile. Yeah, email your resume to Colleen. We'll interview you. She'll set it up. Yeah, actually, I did so when, like, uh, six, six months ago, back when I was in China. Uh, I was um, doing a, another job, actually, and then I, I resigned from my job and uh, applied for a master's degree and came here. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, reapply. We get a lot of resumes, but if you apply directly to Colleen, uh -huh. we'll be happy to help you. All right, thank you so much. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for coming. All right, yep, good. Where do your best ideas come from? What, what do you, hey, hey, I'm Dave Meltzer, come in. Yeah, he's from Temple as well. Yeah, I went to Temple too. There you go. I had a, started a small startup here called uh, Repair You. It was like a food cart but I turned it into a cell phone repair truck. What are you repairing? Cell phones. Cell phone? Yeah. Hey, Akeem. Akeem, oh, brother. I get your number. Here, man. How long is that going to take you? Akeem took it one step further. How long, how much is that to fix? How much is that to fix? This is a back, huh? $100 I can do it for? $100. I'll just be done. No, it's just a back. The back is really harder and more expensive than the front. Yeah. Like with Androids too, if somebody has a cracked Android, it's cheaper to buy this part instead of an Android screen. I have one of the guys I coach, XNF. NFL guy. He literally quit the NFL to be an entrepreneur. He does real estate. But when he went to college yeah. and uh, I think he went to Monmouth. Yeah, he uh, total entrepreneur. He sold like Skittles when he was a little kid. He'd go to Costco and sell them a dollar a oh, bag, yeah, 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 the yeah. rainbow Skittles. And then, then he spent like six hours fixing his own cell phone to figure it out. And then when he went to college, he, had, he, he made enough money to buy his first property. Yeah. He also found out he could sell this, the cracked screen. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a recycler. Yeah, he'd, he'd, exactly. So he'd go around and buy from all the shops who, for like 50 cents, and then he'd go sell them for a dollar. So he'd aggregate the whole city. Let's take the, take the bad LCDs yep. and buy them off from them. Yeah, he's smart. Yeah. All right, anyway, question real quick. I always see like, you're so consistent with your thoughts and your ideas on LinkedIn and all your media that you post on. Just always curious where your best ideas come from. Like, what are you doing? What activities are you doing? Get these ideas they're <laughs> shot down from the universe yeah and then you're able to i channel give them. them to us so i think the consistency comes from having two routines so i have my home routine yeah, right and my away routine adoptable routine but i think repositing you know a, a system of repositing so you know number one i'm value-based so it keeps me consistent in my decision making so i gratitude empathy accountability effective communication real simple everything you do everything i do and then business wise it's valuing making a lot of money first helping a lot of people second and having a lot of fun third so i have a lot of things going on and i can quickly assess most of the billionaires that i'm around and highly effective people that i'm around world thought leaders and all of them they're value based so they don't take much time to make a decision right there's no decision exhaustion it's just very simple to say okay this is how it works 
Um, and it keeps you consistent, right? Because it's all in those values. You can give me a million different variables. And then I also channel, and now I'm getting better at repositing what I channel. So I text myself. I text the pe random people that I know won't mind. Just because I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose it. And I still lose 30 or 40 percent of what is given to me. Downloads that are given to me. Um, are you walking? Do you take walks? I meditate. I work out. Um, you know, I, I prioritize things. I, minutes are very important to me too. Like understanding time. Minutes. 24 hours is a man-made construct. Being a student in my calendar, doing it now. Like literally, I try to tell people this formula of what you pay attention to right and then give it intention equals the coincidences the coinciding of what you want so I'm very aware of what I'm paying attention to so minimum amount of hour a day to my health I pay attention to minimum of 30 minutes a day to my wife minimum of 30 minutes a day to my nine-year-old minimum of two minutes a day to all three of my daughters minimum one minute a day to my mom well believe it or not I just went through the priorities of my day everything else is subsequent to that and so I can go then, after I get those priorities, health first, right? My wife, you know, hi, my wife totally hit me at home when I said, you know, I live this extraordinary life and I'm just grateful for her. You know, like, what can I do for you? And she said, take care of yourself. Because I wasn't, right? Because if I take care of myself, I can take care of other people. So if you notice, I start, you know, out minimum hour on my health. Then my family, it used to be my family first, and I never got to my health. Why? Because if you have, you know, kids that you adore and your wife that you adore, you'll never go like, oh shit, I'm gonna go work out instead of hang out with my nine-year-old. You know, that's just not happening. So my health had to be first. So then subsequent to my health and then my family comes making money, right? So, cause making money allows me to help other people. It's not, it's, those two things get turned upside down all the time. People put a family first and they end up dying. Hey. Good, good. So, you know, think, think about it, though. Pe people put family first and they end up dying for, for the right reasons. Because they're, they're, they're so unhealthy, they're sacrificing so much to put their kids through college, to make their wife happy, to make their mom proud. That's why depression, anxiety, and suicide are so prevalent, because they have their priorities wrong. You got to take care of yourself. So health-wise, then family, then the work-wise, it's the same way. People get so busy working, they forget to make money. And they forget that they already know their why. Why do you want to make money? Do you, you want to make money? Yeah. Why do you want to make money? I make money so I can provide for my family. Yeah, you want to help somebody or something. I want to, help, I want to give it away. I want to exactly, but we for, once again, just like we fuck up, oh, excuse my language, we screw up our health, we screw up the money side of it. We get so busy working with this pride or ego saying I'm taking care of everybody. They forget to actually take care of everybody. So how do you take care of everybody? You make a lot of money. That allows you to shop for the most important things. And if you get a lot of money, not only can you shop for your own family, you can shop for other people's families. It's, that's, and then you have money to have fun. Right? You can prioritize and start picking and choosing, going, I can get here easier, I can do this, oh, I need tickets to this. You know, For me, the greatest fun is helping other people and giving bucket list items to other people. I mean, I really enjoy, like, this is my first Super Bowl, or thinking oh, this is, yeah, he's been on the sidelines, or what, some things don't even cost me money, but that's where it's at. And so I think we just don't pay attention and put our intention in the right things. We don't believe or have faith that what we pay attention to and put our intention in 
equals the coincidences, coinciding of what we want. Hi guys, come on in. So that formula is really, really important, super important. And so how do we get consistent of what we're paying attention to? Right? How do we get consistent in what we're paying attention to? Remember, there's, what, what stops us from paying attention is the interference caused by the ego. The interference caused by the ego, so we have to get in the habit of finding our f highest frequency and then knowing when we're not in our highest frequency. All of us will do it. We, Michelle and I were talking like the more experienced parents here. When you got four kids, it's easy to get off of frequency and lose track of what's Import, important to you, which then ties you back to the values. You gotta know your values. I try to hand off my values because they work for me, but change them to what you are. I just think gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and understanding inspiration are the four basic values that can carry anyone experientially. Does that help you? Cool. Hey guys. Any questions? Come here and listen. Okay, good. Anybody have any questions? Yes, sir. Anybody have a broken cell phone? By the way, my boy will fix it. We're gonna get ten bit, ten jobs today. But um, like one thing I'm kind of like going through, I feel like, like staying consistent. Like good stuff keep coming my way, and it's just like staying consistent and keeping it powerful. That's the greatest. You know, Michelle's in the fitness business. Consistency. I always say people. I say, what's the number one habit you'd like to have, besides kindness? I think even beyond kindness to me, I'd like to have the habit machine as a habit. I'd like to have consistency, actually being consistent as my habit so I could just put, you know, whether I need a diet or, you know, it just goes right, I gotta do homework, I gotta learn a language, because consistency is the key to life. Mind, body, and soul, it, the memory, just to repeat, some of you may not have heard this before, like I believe this, our bodies have a cellular memory and it's a day long, it's stupid and it's short. The only way we learn is consistent. When we keep telling the body, this is how you, you hit a baseball, this is how you study Spanish, this is how you work out, eventually it goes to the brain. Minimum 21 days to create a neural pathway, change a habit. Once it gets to there, then we have to, there's 40,000 thoughts that exist there right now. We still have to access those. The more you access it, the more stronghold. That's why you can study calculus or Spanish or any of those, and when you're doing it, you know, become fluent, and then you stop doing it for years. You know, anyone here take like a high-level math class? Pre yeah, right. I took. I don't know. I wouldn't have a clue how to solve a problem. My kids ask me, "Can you help me with the calculus?" Uh, no. <laughs> Didn't you take it? Yeah, I got an A in it. What good is that? Because I stopped accessing it. Now, if you access it consistently you're using it consistently, you're accessing it, now it hits your quantum memory. The quantum memory comes minimum from four generations, great-grandparents, grandparents, parents, and you. I think it comes from billions of lifetimes. I'm a freak, but I believe that. I truly do. So I want more things to be in my quantum memory because not only will it be in this lifetime unconscious to me and easy for me to be consistent. Right, it's like working out, right? I'm on a workout kick for two and a half years. I have a need to work out where, you know, I didn't need to eat McDonald's when I wasn't working out, right? There was, working out was like the last thing I wanted. I took the red eye in and the first thing my body said when everybody else wanted to take a nap was, I'm going to go work out, right? Because it, that's, it's getting to my quantum, right? It, and 
Uh, one thing before I forget, because I have ADD. Best thing I've learned about intention. We talk about what you pay attention to, then you put intention. People talk about vision boards. A vision board's for attention. I think you should have an intention board. Not only should you put the house that you want, but you should put your intention into that house. One of the things I started doing, thanks to this guy here, uh, is we're all 80% water. Water's the biggest conductor of energy and intention. Water carries intention. It, 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 it is there, man, and it is powerful. So you should, number one, drink a lot of water, right? I'm really pushing water. But two, when I drink water now, I put my intention into the water and I drink it down and it becomes part of me. So if I want to make over a billion dollars, I look at my water and I tell it. You, you tell the water you hate it, it'll turn brown. You tell it enough. A plant too, right? If you tell you love the water. So I put my intentions in, everything will come the right way at the perfect time. I'm an effortless day. I'm gonna find at least 10 people that I can help today. Whatever my intentions are, and then I drink it down and it becomes part of me. I'm carrying that intention. It's so powerful. All these weird things I do, free, no risk, you got to pee a lot, but besides that, <laughs> I thought like drinking beer when you break the seal, man. Smart water, you break yeah, the seal. Oh my God, I can't get anything done. I feel like an 80 year old. <laughs> I'm just sharing my intention to the rest of the world, I guess. <laughs> you share those mantras that you just said under your breath? Yeah, will we share those mantras? Will you share those Yeah, so some of my mantras, some of my mantras are always, may God put in front of me 10 people, at least 10 people that I can help. May I have an effortless day. May I, I have harmony with all my family and friends. Uh, will everything come to me at the right way at the perfect time? Um, I'm grateful for blank, 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 blank. That's a, a common mantra. Uh, trying to think of some other ones. Oh, one of the key mantras that most people don't know, I forgive myself. I forgive myself. I put that into my water too. Forget when you forgive yourself, man. It's so easy not to live in ego-based consciousness. If you have a need to be offended, that definitely is a need that the universe will fill, no problem. I meet pe people all the time. They just have a need to be offended. Driving, walking, staring at you. It's like, yeah. Well, all you're doing is creating interference or corrosion to the connection that inspires you. Remember, there's two connections you have to, as you get to gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, the two connections you're most concerned with, number one connection, just like health and making a lot of money, is to that which you're connected to all the time, the source of light, power. All of you are filled with so much power, you could light up all of Philly in the thumb. But we're connected to this power, and I need to be aware of what's interfering or corroding that power. Usually the ego is what does it all these fears, anxiety, it's just, everything's within you, right? I don't look anywhere outside of anyone. I'm always looking right here. When, when things get messed up in my life, I'm just right here now. I don't blame, shame, none of that. I'm focused. Why don't I feel inspired right now? Now, once I got that under control, now I can worry about how, how can I inspire these other people? How can I create that strength of signal, spectrum of signal, and clarity of message? How can I inspire other people with those minimum of 10 people that come, I can help every day. All the things I, I want to do is a through attitude. It's not a victimized attitude of everything happens, you know, to me, I'm a victim. Why me, why me? 
You know, it's not like my daughter when her boyfriend breaks up with her. Why me? I'm like, try me. You know, two, for me. I don't have a for me attitude. I used to have a for me attitude. Everything was for me. I'm Midas, man. I'm so lucky. I'm so this. I'm so, for me. Well, there's always so much of me, and then it becomes the polarization of yourself. You feel guilty. There's too much, right? But when everything's a through me attitude, right? I want health to come through me to others, right? I'm taking care of myself, so I take care of others. I want a ton of money for the same reason all of you want a ton of money, to take care of people. Not me. Like literally, even the people, even when I was driving Ferraris and taking private planes and doing dumb shit with my money, shopping for the wrong things, I didn't even want it for me. Right, it was all under this auspice, right, impress other people. Right, right? I, I even gave money, I was always very generous, you know, even when I was ego driven, but I was generous for the wrong reasons. I wanted people to think I was awesome. I wanted my name, I want to stand on stage, or I love walking into galas going, oh my God, he gave all this money to our temple. Oh my gosh, he's so generous. He's, no. What that, a time hero now. Yeah, now it's just through me. How did that switch? Um, three things happened in my life that switched my perspective, that raised my awareness to ego-based consciousness. One, my dad, I think, my dad gave me a jacket when I was 30 years old for my birthday. My dad left when I was five, he's my hero. 10 years old, he forgot my birthday. I hated him, because he told me he didn't believe in birthdays, and literally, and I, my poor mom, one of the hardest things I still process, could you, my, my dad didn't, back in the 70s, you didn't have to pay child support, right, deadbeat dads, but my dad was wealthy, had a girlfriend closer to my age than my mom, and I'm in the back seat of a station wagon eating my bag dinner with my mom, telling my mom what a loser she was, why couldn't she be more like my dad? That's why you're, <laughs> right? as a mom that's tough stuff so I still process that but my so my dad ended up giving me a jacket with no pockets for my birthday that was the first lesson I was on top of the world gorgeous wife gorgeous house gorgeous kids and my dad's like you're just like me and I thought I was nothing like him at the time told me to hang the jacket remind myself I couldn't take anything with me basically he was saying the world's not for you man it's not for me either don't be like me you have a quantum memory that's just like mine. You have a gift. You oversell, you back and sell, you manipulate, you lie. All the things you're doing is not worth it. Stop. I didn't listen. My best friend from fourth grade who actually asked my wife in the sixth grade for me at sixth grade camp to go steady. And she said, no, tell him to ask me himself. <laughs> so I threw an egg at her, which then led to like 20 years of her hating me um, and then marrying me which is cool, uh, but he told me, this was a real shocker, these two weeks, he told me that he wasn't hanging out with me anymore, I said, why? He said, because he doesn't like who I hung out with, and I told him straight out, I'm not doing what those guys are doing, I'm not going to the places they're going, I'm not doing what they're doing, he looked me right in the eye, he's a badass, and he just said, look, you can lie to me, but don't lie to yourself, you're going to end up dead. So I was like, still. Still processing, right? Because it's true, it's true. And so why I get choked up is the emotions are processing how, how am I gonna get that energy out of me? Because that still exists in me. That's a quantum OCD, right, uh, shortage, 
there's a worthiness problem, right? When you're doing those kind of things, it's about you. So I'm processing that. Then, two, then finally my wife basically said she wasn't happy and she would, I got to take stock in who I was and what I want to become. And at first I got really angry. When my wife told me that she wasn't happy, for the first half of the next day, all I could think about was how I was going to divorce her, how ungrateful she was, how mad I was. I was, <laughs> right? And I, I can't tell you what came over me except for maybe fear that I was going to lose her. And I was like, I wrote out, I wrote out these things, man. I'm like, what am I doing today that I wasn't doing before? And the first thing that came to my mind is I grew up with nothing and I was, people would always say, he's such a thankful guy. You know, like my football coaches, my teachers, I had nothing. I was super happy. One reason I wanted to be rich was to give my mom a house and a car because I see her crying. When, and the only reason my mom would ever cry is financial, right? She, she'd won, she had these, you know, six kids and she empowered her. Yeah, school teacher. And then filled up turnstiles, greeting cards at night, put us in a car, had us read to each other. I didn't like to read. But... Yeah, that, you know, the, but that's where it comes from. And I think it's good to take stock and pay attention to who you are. And to be honest, how screwed up you are, yeah. right? I, I think people appreciate vulnerability, right? I, I'm still, people, my life is tremendous. I'm super happy, not happy all the time, right? I still make mistakes every single day, just like every single other person. I get ripped off by people. Right, I get lied to, I, but I now know I attract that into my life. I still hold a quantum manipulator, liar, overseller back in. I'm quantum, that's genetic. I, I'm constantly trying to reprogram myself and stop the chain, just like someone that's an alcoholic or a drug addict or whatever. I got time for one more question then I gotta go speak at Villanova. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, so I was wondering, I feel like younger people, I notice it myself, but also um, a lot of friends, we have like, you know, a lot of ambition and we want to succeed and we want to be X, Y, or Z. We don't know what it is yet. So you're moving forward and you have to go somewhere, but you don't know where you're going. Great question. How to find the destination. That's right. never going to stop. Okay. It's not a young person problem. Right. Well, it's just you get used to it. So I'm a what person, right? And so I have technique about what. Number one, there's two questions you need to ask in order to find what you're gonna do next. One, how can you provide value? What does that mean? Figuring out either on the internet, asking people, how can I provide value? How can I be productive? How can I be of service? Literally, when you start figuring out how I can provide value, the what starts coming, and then two, when you figure out how you can provide value, go find someone in the situation that you want to be in or you think you wanna be in and ask for help. That's what he did. He came here from Temple Graduate School six months ago, applied. But now he's taken the intention to get an internship in the, in the sports field. He doesn't really know what he wants to do. He's an English major. There's tons of things he can do. If you reverse engineer where you're at right now, hopefully you're happy. Hopefully you're expanding and accelerating and be more happy. But connect the dots backwards and start realizing the what, right? comes, never limit your point of entry. All the people that end up in places that are extraordinary are not in an ordinary track. They're not limiting their point of entry. I mean, I ended up being the CEO of the most notable sports agency in the world. How? 
uh, oil and gas litigator, sold legal research online, went to the Silicon Valley in the wireless proxy service base, became CEO of a handheld, you know, the world's first smartphone, met Lee Steinberg, got fired, met Lee Steinberg, who is really like my little brother, and he ended up hiring me because of all those skills I learned from all that stuff. Right? And then two years later, I lose everything. Which then leads, you know, and Lee has the drinking problem, then leads me to partner with Warren Moon to start our business for the last 11 years. Then somehow, I write a book, and then, you know, meet Gary Vaynerchuk, and he wants to trade mentorship with me. I mean, Gary and I, that's a perfect example. No idea about media, right? I was seeing how I could be of service to Gary. He was starting a sports agency. I absolutely can provide value to Vayner and Vayner Sports and will do so and do so every day. Like, those guys are awesome. But Gary being Gary is like, dude, you're way ahead of me on the giving side. What can I do for you? You know, Justin, the cameraman there is like, Dave, your stuff's good. You're on stages, you know, in person, you're good. Let's, Gary helped us, right? He coaches me, which is why, you know, you might see similarities <laughs> on what we do. And it's, and it's team-wide now. It's Gary's team, my team helps his team, his team helps my team. But that's how, my what? You think, I, I didn't know TV shows. Uh, you know, I just took the chance. Like, I, like, for me, stimulating interest is such a huge thing. So when I was approached to do elevator pitch, I'm like, let's teach people how to stimulate interest. Without fear.